All right, Shabbos, say good morning, good morning, let us begin. Baruch Hashem, a great zichos to enter into our last week of Maseches Ksuvas. I want to go ahead and begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning. share to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Tishrei, to thank Dr. Linda Weinberg, Sarah and Ricky Gratz, Julia, Rina and Eve, and loving memory for dedicating the Shurim this month, loving memory of their husband, father and Zayda, Dr. Paul Weinberg, Peretz Moshe Ben Avram David. To thank Ayala and Sarah Steinberg for dedicating the Shiurim this month and the Schuss of Rafur Shalema for Shulamis Bas Susha. And I'm Adam and Yudit Ben Zev in the Schuss of all of our Tfilos being the Skabala Mirza Hashem. Our week of learning sponsors. Avram Zeisman, incarnation of the Arzite of his grandmother, of his grandfather, excuse me, Avraham Ben Aaron, Tzvi and Shandy Shear, in honor of the Kehila, and Elliot Shmuel and Shira Pepper, in honor of Ari Lerner and all he does for the shul. Beautiful, beautiful, incredible. Incredible, beautiful. I will say to thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Alan and Andrea Stowis, in honor of the bas mitzvah of their granddaughter, Kayla Rosenblum. May she grow in both Torah and mitzvahs and bring much nachas to her entire family and to all of Cloud Yisrael. Beautiful, beautiful, and mazel tov. I will say with that, let us begin. Very, very excited. First of all, very exciting Gemara in general, and also to recognize it. It's always beautiful when there's like this confluence of events, how it is that we're finishing the Masechta on Rosh Chodesh, so we're ending things, beginning things, closing out Chodesh Tishrei, beginning Cheshvan, but beginning Cheshvan and Yerat Hashem with such excitement of a new Masechta. We'll say, let's begin. Today's Daf is Kufkas 109. We are picking up in Yerat Hashem on the bottom of Kufkas on the base, 108B. 108B. We literally left off. I mean, yeah, we left off yesterday at the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says as follows. Haposik ma'os lechosno. It's a very interesting case. Someone promises money to his son-in-law. An age-old story. An age-old story, right? So someone, someone promises money to his son-in-law. And I will say, in this particular case, what's unfolding over here is like this. Essentially, we're talking about a dowry. So imagine for a moment that Reuven is marrying Rachel. Rachel's father promises Reuven some amount of money. And what happens? Upashat law is haregel. And then the, shver, the father-in-law extends his foot. So we'll say, what does it mean extends his foot? So again, extends his foot means the father-in-law doesn't pay. Father-in-law doesn't pay. So Rachel's father doesn't pay the dowry. Now look at Asher just a moment. Pashat law is haragel. Lashon bizayon hu va'amar noesh she'inu chash ledvarav tol tit she'al gabi ragli. It's interesting. This Talmudic expression of extending your foot means essentially, I'm giving you nothing. Take the dirt that's on my shoe. Take the dirt. Now both say, now, in general, what this sounds like is the father-in-law is intentionally not giving his son-in-law the money. But the truth is, the case doesn't have to be set up that way. That's just the way that, that's the, way, that's the, way the mission is saying it. So, Poshadol is Ragel, here, take the dirt that's on my foot, I'm not giving you any money. Point over here is, father-in-law promised money and now is not delivering. So, we'll say, now the problem we're in is what? Kiddushin has already taken place. Hidushin has already taken place. So Reuven was already Mekadish Rachel. Nisuin has not yet been done. Father-in-law indicates that whatever the situation is, he cannot, he will not pay the money. What's the halacha top of Koftes? Teshev ad shetal bin Rosha. The Chachamim say, ultimately again, literally she has to sit there until her hair goes gray, which means she's stuck. Rachel's stuck. That, in other words, at this point in time, the control is in Reuven's hands and either he can make a choice to marry her, right? Or ultimately just wait and do nothing 
until her father pays up. After all, again, there was an agreement. There was an agreement that was made. Rachel's father is not honoring the agreement. So again, Reuven will go into a holding pattern until his father-in-law pays the agreement. Admon, Admon says, Yecholihi Shetomar, Rachel could say, could say to Reuven, Ilu anipa sakti latzmi, eshev achetal bin Roshi. So Admon says like this, Rachel could say to Reuven, listen, if I, Rachel, was the one who promised you money, right? If I was the one who promised you money, then you could hold it over my head. Right? You could hold it over my head. Then you could essentially, you know, hold me in this marriage until either I pay you or until I pay you. But again, achshav, sha'aba pasak, mani cholalasos, okinos, opitar. But she says, what do you want from me? My father promised you this. So you're going to hold me accountable for, you're going you're to punish me for my father's actions. So Ruvain, either marry me, right, me suin, or divorce me. Or divorce me. So Rabbi says, so I'm Rabbi Gamliel, Rohani is Tibi Rabbi Gamliel says, I think Admon is correct. So therefore, Rabbi says, fundamental machlokas. Once again, just to reframe the case. So Rachel's, Rachel's going to get married to Ruvain. Rachel's father promises Ruvain $10,000. Right? That's the Nadunya, that's the dowry. Ruvain does Kiddushin. Now, Father Omar says, I'm not giving you. I'm not giving you. I can't give you. I won't give you. Whatever it is. The point is, he's not giving. He's not giving. So now the Chachamim say, Ruven has every right to essentially hold Rachel in this marriage until her father decides to pay. Until her father decides to pay. And ultimately, if he doesn't pay, so then Rachel is going to grow old in a state of Kiddushin. Admon says, that's not right. That's not right. right? Ultimately, again, I say about it, even the Chachamim are not necessarily saying it's right. The Chachamim are just saying it's legal. In other words, this is technically a legal recourse that he has to force his father-in-law's hand. So Rachel says, that's, so, sorry, Admon says that Rachel could say to her husband, that's not right. I didn't enter into this agreement with you. My father did. Why are you punishing me for the default of my father? Listen, don't, don't, don't keep me a limbo. Either marry me or divorce me. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, I think that Allah follows Admon. Beautiful, let's go. So, Maslisin Deloki Aitana. Excuse me, our Mishnah does not reflect the view of the following Tana. We'll say which Tana we learned in a Brice. Fascinating case. This Sanyal, Am Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda, Lo Nech Leku Admon Vechachamim Ala Posek Maos Lechasno, Upashat Loa Saregel, Sheyacholi Hishetomar Abba Pasak Alai, Ma Ani Yechola Lasos. Shabbos is very interesting. A, a, different, a different twist over here. In this price, uh, they're quoting the same case. But in this case, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda posits that everyone agrees in a case where the father defaulted on the agreement he made that Ruvain can't hold Rachel hostage in this marriage. That Rachel has every right to say, I didn't default, either marry me or divorce me, but don't keep me in this state. So where lies the Machlokes, Chachamim, and Admon? They both say, in the Brisa's version, in the Brisa's version, when the father defaulted, everyone agrees that Reuven can't hold Rachel. But I just, I just feel the need to say this explicitly. Everyone is going to agree that on a conceptual level, a man should never hold his wife in a marriage. Right? It, it, that, that's, that, that's never something that Chazal wants. You know why HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the system of Gitin in a way which seems to give the husband much more power, sometimes even absolute power? 
I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a question that you're going to ask, each ask. We have to ask Kosh Baruch that question after 120. Or when Eliyahu will come, Eliyahu will explain to us why, why the halachos of Gitin seem to really be heavily slanted to give the man the power. But again, this is a legal discussion. So legal discussions sometimes do not enter into the arena of what is right. Right? Some, we all know this. We, right, we teach this to our kids. Just because something is mutter, right, just because it's permissible, does not mean it should be done. So again, we're talking about what's permissible, right? So Chachamim say again, it's permissible for him to use the marriage as leverage to go ahead and extract money from his father. It's legal. It's legal. Is it right? Is it right? Of course it's not right. Of course it's not right. Okay, so it's just important to understand that, which I know everyone does, but sometimes it's just important. Like, as we get older especially, we learn that even when everyone knows something, it's still important to say it. And I will say, by the way, this extends, you know, person has to dissolve a marriage. A get should never, ever be used as leverage. A get should never be used as a mechanism or as a tool to extract something that a husband, right? It's not what Chazal wants. It's not what Chazal wants. And the truth is, nothing good ever comes from hurting another human being. And nothing good ever comes by using halacha as a means of extortion. Okay, but back, back to our, back to our grammar over here. Do you want to say so again? So the Maisa, so the Maisa, so the Maisa, the Brisa has a different view on this, right? So the, in the Brisa's version, the Chachamim and Admon both agree that what? That Allah Lamaisa, where it was the father who made the financial arrangement with Ruvain, and now the father defaults. Or again, default doesn't pay whatever it is. So everyone agrees, according to Rabbi Zerah Yehuda, that Allah Lamaisa, Rachel says to Ruvain, either marry me or divorce me. But you, you cannot keep me in this limbo state. I, so what's the machlokis? What's the machlokis? Al shepaskehi alatzma. What happens if Rachel promised Ruvain money? Right, so before, before, before they do Kiddushin, Rachel says to Ruben, listen, be Mekadishmi, be Mekadishmi, and if you're Mekadishmi, I'm going to give you $10,000. Okay, so now what happens? Ruben's Mekadish Rachel, and then what happens? Rachel doesn't pay. Rachel doesn't pay. Won't pay, can't pay, doesn't pay. So I'll say, so now watch this. Shecham, shecham, dechem se teishiv achetal bin rosha, dechachamim say, listen, Rachel, you made a promise, you honored your commitment, Ruben is not mechoyev to do nisuin with you, until you figure this out. So we can go into a holding pattern over here until you, Rachel, figure out how to satisfy the obligation you entered into. Admon Omer, Admon says, Yecholi Yishetomar, listen to this, Rachel said, Admon says, so what can she say in this case? This is great. Yecholi Yishetomar, Kisvura Anisha no saying. She says, no, no, no. When I said, I'm going to give you $10,000, I figured the same bank that has been bankrolling my life up until this point in time, right? It's incredible. No credit limits, right? No pre-qualifications, nothing. I figured the same bank that was taking care of me my entire life is going to take care of me now. So she said, I know I said that I was going to pay you. But again, I automatically assumed that it was my father who was going to go ahead and pay for this nadunya. So she says, what do you want from me? 
What do you got from me? I guess, in other words, what Rachel says, according to Amon, is I'm, I'm not purposely being difficult over here. I never had the money to back up this promise, right? I never had the money to back up the promise. It was always going to be my father. Now, my father didn't, doesn't want to pay. Okay, don't hold me hostage in this relationship. Either marry me or divorce me. So I, say, so I just want to point out over here, so the Yomar is now explaining that there's two versions of this machlokas. In our Mishnah's version, in our Mishnah's version, right, the machlokas case is where the father of the bride, the father of Rachel promised and then doesn't pay. Chachamim say, okay, Reuven could wait, Reuven could do nothing, Reuven can go into a holding pattern until the shver pays up. Right? Admon says, she could say to him, this is not my fault, not my fault, either divorce me or marry me, but don't go and keep me in this holding state. Right? The Bryson now says, no, in that case where the father defaults, everyone agrees that Rachel could tell Reuven, either divorce me or marry me, because I didn't do this. What's the Machlokes case? Where Rachel promises the money. So the Chachamim say, listen, Rachel, you made a promise. Make good on the promise. If you don't make good on the promise, Reuven has no obligation towards you. We go into a holding pattern. Admiral says, no, no, no. When Rachel says, I made the promise, it was with my father. I was relying on my father. So ultimately, don't hold it against me. Either marry me or divorce me. Incredible. I'm Rabbi Gamliel says, and therefore we'll say in the Brisa also, Rabbi Gamliel, Ro Ani Estivri Admon. Again, in the Brisa, you have Rabbi Gamliel agreeing with Admon. So, Tana, so let's analyze this. When is this so? When is this so? Says the Gemara. Bigdola. Ava Bigtana Kofin. Kofin. I will say, when is all of this said? Right? Specifically, the Brisa. Right? We're talking about an adult girl. But with a Kitana, with a, with a minor, we will force him. We will force Kofin. We'll force him. So Gemara says, Kofin Laman. Force who? Force who to do what? If ultimately at the end of the day we're talking about forcing the father to pay up, so both say, it makes much more sense to force the father in a case of a Gidola than it does to force him in a case of a Kitana. Why? Because we'll say, if we're talking about a case where the Kitana promised money, right? Rachel was a Kitana promised money to Ruben. What's the, what's the Allahic weight of that promise? It's not there, right? The words of Kitana are meaningless. So if you're going to be talking about a case where you're forcing the father to pay up, it makes more sense to force the father to pay up in a case where his Kedola daughter made a commitment. So the Gemara says, Rather, Rav says, no, no, no. What it means is we force the husband to give a get. So I will say, Halacha Maestro, talking about a case of a Kitana, so because the words of the Kitana and the commitment of a Kitana ultimately, again, are not binding, therefore, Allah in the case of the Kitana, will force the husband to give a get. We'll, we'll see how that plays out in the Rambam in just a little bit. Come back. So we'll say, let, let's finish this piece out and then we'll go back to the Rambam. So listen to this. So Amar, Amar, Reb Yitzchak, Ben Allah, Reb Yitzchak, Ben Allah, Reb Yitzchak, Ben Allah, So they'll say, now we're going back to the Mishnah. Any time that you find that Rabbi Gamil says, right, any place where you find Rabbi Gamil says Halacha follows Admon, Halacha Kumoso. The Halacha indeed follows him. Is that true even in the Brice or just in the Mishnah? In other words, now we're saying whenever Rabbi Gamil says the Halacha follows Admon, the Halacha follows Admon. So is that true just in a Mishnah or in the Brice as well? Did I say just in a Mishnah? Listen to what I'm saying. I said, any place, any place means what? A Mishnah or a Brisa. Any time Rabbi Gamliel says, the Allah follows Admon, the Allah follows Admon. Incredible. I'm Rabbi Yermia. Based Varim Shamar Hanan Halacha Kiyotse Bo. 
Right? Ultimately, I can still listen to this. So now, Rabbi Zeir said the name of In the two situations, ultimately again, ultimately again, where, based on Shamra Khanan Kiyotsebo, right? Rabbi Yochel and Ben Zaka, I said that the Allah follows Khanan. But ultimately, again, the seven cases where Admon said the halacha, and Rabbi Gamil said that the halacha is like Admon, the halacha does not follow Admon. So, my what does this mean? So, we'll say maybe it means like this the two, the two halachas that Hanan brought down, and ultimately, again, those who passed like Hanan, the halacha follows them. The Shiva Dharm Shamra Admon Ain Halacha Kimos of Loki Yotzebo, but the seven cases that are brought down in the name of Admon, the Halacha neither follows Admon nor like the ones who paskint like Admon. I have Amrab Yitzchak Ben Alazim Shmei the Chizkia, Komakum Shamra Rabbi Gamliel, Rani Estivri Admon Halacha Kimoso. But we just said before that any time, any time that Rabbi Gamliel said, I see the words of Admon to be correct, that the Halacha follows Rabbi Gamliel. And those who pass like him, means to say, in the two situations where Hanan said, follows him, and those who paskin like him. First wide line of both sides. So we'll say, but the seven cases where Admon brought down his halacha, the halacha does not follow him. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry, or the halacha doesn't follow those who quote him. But it sounds like when it's just Admon by himself, that the halacha would follow him. Because we'll say, understand, in these cases, there's two things that's happening, right? In all of these Mishnayis. There is Admon stating halacha, and then you have like Rabbi Gamliel weighing in that the halacha follows Admon. That's the Kiyotsebo. The Gemara now is suggesting maybe there's a distinction between when Admon says the halacha himself versus when you have Rabbi Gamliel coming along and saying, oh, the halacha follows him. I, Bahama Rabbi Yitzchak, Ben Allah, Zimashayi, Dechizkiah, I, but we just said before that whenever Begamil says, I see the words of Admon to be correct, that Ta'alacha follows him. So the Gemara says, Amr in, lo Amr lo. That sounds like Ta'alacha only follows Admon when Rabbi Gamil voices his support. But if Rabbi Gamil doesn't voice his support, then the Halacha won't follow Admon. Halacha means to say, Right, that's what it means to say. In the two situations, the two things that Hanan said, that the, that the halacha, fa- in the two cases where Hanan quoted the halacha, Kiyotsiba, others supported him, ultimately, again, halacha follows him. Shiva dvarim, Sha'amar admon, yeshmen shalacha kimosa kiyotsibo, v'yeshmehen she'in halacha kimosa, ela kiyotsibo. But by admon, there are some situations where halacha said the halacha will follow him. Other times that the halacha will only follow him when he's quoted in the name of others. However, but I will say any place Rabbi Gamil says the halacha follows Admon, the halacha follows Admon, but not necessarily in the other cases of Admon. So I will say, so the Gemara is essentially just trying to go back and forth, trying to figure out, do we find a principle that could apply to the rulings of Admon and Hanan? I will say, we're going to see that halacha lamaisa 
There is no overarching principle. In fact, each of these cases are reckoned independently, as we're going to see in just a moment. So if Rabbi say, Halacha Lamaisa, let's close out this sugya. How do we pass it over? So this, this is really a great case. Money's promised, money's promised, and what happened? Money's not paid. Money's not paid. Now, the only problem is, at the time of default, what's the status of the marriage? What's the status of the marriage? Kiddushna has already been done. So now we have a problem. So Rabbi say, if you default before Kiddushin, fine. So then what? What? Don't get married, right? Everybody go home. That, that's it. The problem we have over here is the default happens after Kiddushin before Nisuin. Furthermore, two cases of default. What are the two cases of default? Case A, father default. Case B, Rachel, daughter, wife default. We both say, Machlokes, Abmon Chachamim. Then there's a further Machlokes, Mishnah and the Braisa as to when the Machlokes applies. So I'll say, here we go. Rabban Paskins. Elchos Ishos, Parak Chaf Gimel, Halacha Tes Zayin. I mentioned this before, someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, why am I always quoting from the Rambam and not the Shulchan Aruch? So the truth is, I'm only quoting to you from the Rambam when the Shulchan Aruch Paskins the same way. But in general, the Derech of the Rambam is that the Rambam's, the Rambam's formulation of Halacha is often much truer to the text of the Gemara. So I, I'm fine, when, you, when you're just trying to extrapolate halacha lamaisa from a gemara, the lashon of the Rambam often tethers you to the sugya much more, whereas the Shulchan Aruch already is a distilled version of the halacha. So again, they, the bottom line, they say the same thing. But listen to what the Rambam says. Here we go. Great case. Haposek mos lachasno. So this is great. So here's how the Shulchan Aruch sets up the case. Right? So Rachel, so what happens? Rachel's going to marry Ruben. Rachel's father... Rachel's father, we'll call him Yaakov, right? Rachel's father commits to $10,000 to Rachel's husband, to Ruvay. The halacha Conveniently, the father relocates to another country. So, I'm sorry? Country. Another place. Another place. He goes out. Right? Yecholi hi lomer labal, ani lo pasakti alatzmi, ma'ani yechol alasos, o kenos belon edunya, o patreni beget. So, number one, we passed in like Admon in the Mishnah. When it was the father who defaulted, father who defaulted, Rachel says to her husband, listen, I didn't make the agreement. Either divorce me or marry me. Right? But don't keep me a limbo. So we'll say that's halach, number one, like Admon in the Mishnah. Aval, aval, in paski hi alatzma, in paski hi alatzma, yoshebes ad shetimtza ma shepaska o ad shetamos. So say, interestingly enough, Halach Lamaisa, we do paskin like the Chachamim in the Brysa's case. If she is the one who made the commitment, then ultimately she has to figure out a way to honor it. And he has no obligation to do anything until she figures out how to honor this commitment. So remember again, this is where she's, she made the commitment. Remember, Admon's out for her was that. Right? Remember again, what was Admon's out for her? What was his out for her? I didn't promise, I, mean, I, was, I know it was me, but I'm an extension of my father, right? In other words, so, so when I said, I promise you to my father, so the Rambam Paskins, like the Chachamim in the Bryce's case, namely, that when she makes the commitment, Rachel herself makes the commitment to Ruben, and then defaults, Ruben can keep a holding pattern of Kiddushin until she comes up with the money. And ultimately, again, doesn't have to either marry her or divorce her, could wait. Once again, I will say, once again, this is the legal ruling. Moral, ethical, should a man ever keep a woman in a relationship over money? Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. Again, if she says, give me more time, I'm happy to go and try to figure out how to go. Okay, that's, that's fine. She wants the time. But Lamais, again, this is the legal ruling, not the moral, ethical, or implicational right, good. Or legal, good. The implicational ruling. So we'll say, Salah Lamaisa, Halach Lamaisa, we pass him like Admon in the Mishnah. Therefore, again, if father defaults, Reuven can't hold Rachel in the relationship. If Rachel makes commitment, if Rachel defaults, he has the ability to go into a holding pattern until she's able to come up with the money. Incredible. Mishnah Bosai, very interesting case. Okay, so let me give you the background to this. Take a look at Rashi. First Rashi in the Mishnah. First Rashi in the Mishnah. So Bosai, in the short lines of Rashi, two, four, six, seven lines into the short lines. Rashi says, Watch this case. This is fascinating. So Bosai, so here's the case. Shimon has a field. Shimon has a field. Ruvain is claiming the field really belongs to me. It was stolen from me and you bought it. You bought it illegally. Now again, he's not accusing Shimon of being complicit in the theft. He's just saying, Shimon, you think you own the field? The field is really mine. Okay, fine. Now watch this. Okay, so here's the case, right? You've got Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Shimon is in current possession of a field that he bought from Levi. So Levi sold Shimon a field. Ruvain says, Shimon, that field you have, that's my field. That's my field. Levi stole it from me and sold it to you. Okay, here's the wrinkle. Here's the wrinkle. The Mishnah says, Vuchasamale. Chasamale means, I'll say, that when Levi sold the field to Shimon, they drew up a document, and one of the witnesses on the bill of sale is Ruvain. So Ruvain is a witness, such a good case. Ruvain is a witness on the sale document from Levi to Shimon. And now Ruvain, who's one of the witnesses, says to Shimon, by the way, the field is stolen. So I will say, so now obviously. We're like, what? What's, what's going on over exactly? Right, so Ruvain's claiming, he says, Shimon, the field you bought from Levi is really, Levi stole it from me and sold it to you. And now we look at the paperwork and we see that Ruvain himself is one of the witnesses on the bill of sale from Levi to Shimon. So what's Talach over here? Admon Omer, Amos says, it's not a problem. We say to Ruvain, so obviously we ask Ruvain, Ruvain, I don't understand. If the field, if, if Levi sold, stole the field from you, then why would you agree to sign the Shtar, the Shtar Mechira, right? Why would you agree to sell a bill of sale? Almo says there's a perfect answer for this. Hasheni noachli, harisha kasha himenu. So let's listen to this, because Ruvain could say, listen, Levi is a gazlan, right? Levi is a thief, right? And maybe he's a strong guy. I knew I never had any chance of getting my field back from Levi. But Shimon, I know you. You're a reasonable guy. You're a reasonable guy. So I figured if I could get the field away from Levi to you, to Shimon, now I have a better chance of getting back my stolen field. That's why I agreed to sign on the bill of sale so that I could get it out of Levi's hands into your hands. Incredible. Incredible. It was, by the way, who needs reality TV like when you have this? I'm just saying, like, like this is so great. This is incredible. So let's now listen to this. say, no, come on, cut it out. What are you talking about? Ruvain, again, Ruvain, if you come forward with a claim that the field that Shimon currently has is stolen from you, that's fine. But Lamaisa, once you're signing on to, uh, once, you're, once you're not a party, but once you're a witness to the transaction, 
you've lost any right to claim that this property belongs to you. Ibn Eschuso. So let's take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Ibn Eschuso, the whole of the chasam, because essentially what the Chum says is like this. The act of signing on a document, in other words, the act of witnessing a document of sale, a transaction, a sale transaction, is effectively saying what? This field has nothing to do with me. You're giving up any rights to the field. So they will say fundamental machlokis. On the flip side, asa similar Sorry, not on the flip side. Asa similar So we'll say, look at this case. Look at Rashi. Asa. Um, so we'll say now watch this case. So now let's say let's let's say for a moment that that Ruve now who owns the disputed field, right? So I'm sorry, Shimon. Sorry, Shimon, right? So Shimon owns the disputed field. So now what does Shimon do? Shimon sells another piece of property, right? So let's say now that let's call the disputed field field A. Field A, right? So same case, right? Ruvain bought the field from sorry. Shimon bought the fields from Levi, right? Then there's Ruvain. Ruvain, of course, is claiming that Levi stole the fields from him and now sold it to Ruvain. Good. Sold it to Shimon. I'm sorry. One more time. I'm going to get this right this time. Okay, so we'll say so again. Remember, Levi sells a field to Shimon, right? In the back of all of this, you have Ruvain claiming that Levi really sold that field to him. And now, right, stole... stole. Last time, right? <laughs> Levi sells a field to Shimon. Good, beautiful. Ruvain now is claiming that the field that Shimon bought from Levi was stolen from him by Levi. Okay, so that was case one. And case one is where it turns out that Ruvain himself is, a, is an aide on the bill of sale from Levi to Shimon. Okay, so now what do we do with that? So again, according to Admon, so Chachamim say, that's it. Ruben, you've lost any claim. You signed on the star. You've lost any claim. Admon says, no, there's still another claim. He could claim, it would, Ruben could claim, it's easier for me to get the field back from Shimon than it was from Levi. Fine. Case two is Ruben, sorry, Shimon is selling the field. Shimon is, so let's call disputed field is field A. Shimon is, Shimon is selling field B. Field B. It's fine, no problem. So I will say, often the way when you would sell a field, if it was a field that was next to other fields, the way you would identify, the way you would identify the field that you were selling is by identifying the other fields all around it, right? I'm selling you field A, field B that is bordered by fields A, D, E. Okay, so now in this case over here, Shimon is selling field B. But in the document of sale, he makes reference, he says, field B borders on my other field, field A. Field A. So in this case, field A is being used as a demarcation point, as a border. So, right, field A, the dispute is not being sold at all. But it's being used to identify field B, which is the transaction. So now Ruvain is using field A, right? Sorry, Shimon, thank you. Shimon is using field A, field A, as just to, just to identify the border of the field that is being sold. Now, I will say, Ruvain is signing on this document also. Ruvain is signing, signing on this document. So now, 
Here's the Shiloh. Now, in, in this transaction, in this document, in this document, so when Shimon is selling field B, by selling field B, he's also what? So to speak, solidifying his ownership over field A because he's using field A to identify one of the borders of field B. Ruvain, who's claiming that this field A was originally his, is signing on this document. So now Bill says, so now what's going to happen after this is over? So now Ruvain is going to want to come back and say to Shimon, by the way, field A is mine. It was stolen from me by Levi who subsequently sold it to you. The Mishnah says, no. I saw Simon la'acher, At the end of the day, even Admon agrees, which is interesting. Even Admon agrees in this case, in this case, that once Ruvain sold, sorry, signed on this type of star, which used the contested field as a border for the field being sold, everyone agrees that Reuben has relinquished any further rights to claim that the field is his. Okay, interesting. Let's go. Amr Abai. Okay, we'll say, let's go back to that first case. Great. Let's go back to the first case. Amr pays long. No, okay, good. good. Not too long. Good. Okay, a little bit carried away with this. Good. Just say so. No, because the truth is, I realize that with this we actually have to stay on target because the truth is, we end, Rosh Chodesh is Tuesday, Wednesday, right? So the truth is, Tuesday and Wednesday's dapim are um, a little bit, a little bit, and Monday, and Monday, a little bit long. So we gotta, we gotta stay, and we only have 45 minutes on Tuesday and Wednesday because of Rosh Chodesh. So, but we're gonna be fine, we're gonna be fine. So let's say, so here we go. Here we go. So we'll say, so, the, so listen to this. All right, bye, bye. So we'll say, now we're focusing on case number one. So once again, let's just get back to case number one, right? Shimon purchases a field from Levi. There's a document, right? On the document, it says that Levi sold the field to Shimon. One of the witnesses is Ruvain. Ruvain then comes after the sale is complete, and Ruvain comes to Shimon and says, Shimon, the field is mine. Levi stole it from me. What? You signed on the document. So again, Chachamim say, sorry, Ruvain, you no longer have any claim. Because halach lamaisa, you signed on the document. You were, sorry, you were a witness. We're done. Almon says, no, Reuven has a claim. I, yes, I signed on the document in order to get it out of Levi's hands to your hands, Shimon, because I felt I'd have a better chance with you of getting back my land. Fine. Similar so, Bai Bai says, lo shano ela eight. That's only true, right? All of this is only true. If halach lamaisa, Reuven signed, in other words, the machlokes, is only if Reuven signed as a witness. This is fascinating. So I say, if, this is really incredible. So if, Ruvain served as a dayon, as a judge, everyone agrees that he can still make the claim of theft, even though he was the judge over the document. Now, what does that mean? I will say, why do you need a judge in this case? Look at Rashi. So I say, watch this. Let's say again, they come to Beisdin. They come to Beisdin to certify a document. We've spoken about certification of documents many times. We'll also remember again, what, what, what's, what, what is Kiyom Shtaros? See, the, the danger of a document. See, on, on one hand in Halacha, document, right, when you have a signed Shtar, so that's, that's incredible. The problem is, the problem is, could somebody go ahead and, and um, that altar, what's the, forge, right? Can you forge a star? Can you forge a star? Sure. So there's a concept of star certification. We call it Kiyom Shtaros. 
What's the process of Kim Shtaris? You bring your Shtar to Beisdin, right? The Beisdin takes a look at it. The Beisdin brings in testimony to, or brings in the witnesses to certify that that is their, that, 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 that is their signature. We write a little handpick, right? We write, a, we write a little, either on the document itself or an attached document, and done. The Shtar is certified. So there was this incredible. So Abayi suggests like this. The Machlokis Almon and the Chachamim in the first case of the Mishnah is only where Ruvain signed as a witness on the transaction. But if he was a Dayan on the Beisdin that certified the document, that does not erode his ability to later on claim that the field was stolen from him. Why, Rabbi Osai? This is actually fascinating. The Tani Rabbi Chia, absolutely incredible. When you witness a transaction, right? When you sign as an aide, they both say, what are you signing on? What are you signing on? You're signing on the validity of the transaction. Right? That's what you're signing on. That I, right? I, I, I witness this transaction. This transaction is binding, valid, and legal. When you are a Dayan for Kiyom Shtaros, Rabbi say, what are you certifying? What are you certifying? Signatures. You are not certifying the transaction. In fact, the Dayan, sometimes by Kiyom Shtaros, the Dayanim aren't even reading what's in the document. Right? Because you're, as the, you're, you're how, I'm not certifying the transaction. I have no idea about the transaction. Kiyom Shtaros is there just simply to certify the signatures on the document itself. But it has nothing to do But it's so fascinating. So fascinating. See, you could have a situation of Kim, of Kim Shtaros, <clears throat> which makes sense, because otherwise, if Kim Shtaros requires a whole certification of the transaction, then what's the point of the Shtar? Then what does the Shtar do? The Shtar, right, the Eidus on the Shtar locks in the transaction. Kim Shtaros certifies the signature. So this is incredible. So we'll say, in a case where Ruben was a dying for Kim Shtaros, so now let's play this out. Right, so Levi sells, Levi, sells a, Levi sells a field to Shimon, and then what happens? They drop a document, and now they want to bring the document to Basin for certification. Reuven is one of the Dayanim on the Basin to certify. Right, Reuven's Basin certifies the document, and then after it's certified, Reuven says to Shimon, by the way, the field is stolen from me. Everyone agrees in that case, Reuven has a valid claim. When we say Reuven has a valid claim, obviously saying something was stolen from you is not a claim, right? I mean, it's a claim. What it means is, Ruvay now has the right to what? Pursue that claim, right? So again, why? And everyone agrees in that case. Everyone agrees in that case. Why? Because Ruvay's act, Ruvay's acting as a dying for Kim Shtaros has nothing to do with the transaction. All Ruvay was doing was just saying, oh yeah, the signatures, witness A, witness B, you guys recognize your signatures? Fantastic. Dun, 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 sign it up, right? And then we're done. Certified, we're done. So everyone agrees in that case, it in no way erodes his claim to go ahead and pursue the stolen, right, the stolen claim, the claim that the land was stolen from him. Masha'in came, Masha'in came, when he's a witness to the actual transaction, the sale, from Levi to Shimon. In that case, again, part of signing on a shtar is what? Is what? You are claiming the transaction itself is valid. Come say, you claim the transaction is valid, you can't go ahead and now claim that same parcel was stolen from you. Admon says, yes, I can. The transaction was valid. In other words, yes, Levi sold to Shimon. But at the end of the day, it's my land. Good. So says the Gemara. 
I saw the similar achar. I suppose the next case in the Mishnah was, that I remember again, this is where I got the name confused, right? So same case, same case, but let's say, well, not same case. In this case, Shimon the purchaser, right? Shimon who purchased contested property, we'll call it parcel A. Shimon is selling parcel B and uses parcel A to identify the borders of parcel B. Reuven himself signs on that shtar as well, or not as well, but Reuven sells on that shtar. The Mishnah says everyone agrees that after he sells on that shtar, he no longer has the right to pursue any claims that the land was stolen from him, that parcel A was stolen. I'm Rabbi Lo Shano El That's only true ultimately again. Rashi said, Lo Shano El Laacher. Tafka Nakat Mas Nisin Simon Laacher. Avalasa Hamuchsakba Simon Liatzmo Shal Reuven Zahora. So we'll say, now listen to this. That's only true when what? When Reuven, sorry, when Shimon is selling the parcel to someone else. What happens if Shimon is selling the parcel to Reuven himself? Shimon is selling parcel B to Reuven, to Reuven. And that happens to be in that sale, Shimon uses parcel A, which is the contested property, as a, as a border, as an, a border identification. Then ultimately in that case, even though Ruvain, right, was lo ibedesichuso, Ruvain did not go ahead and lose out on his ability to reclaim parcel A. Why? The Amar idlo avdile hachi, because he would say, if I would not agree to this, lo habamaz bin lenihili. Then ultimately, again, Shimon would not sell me the property. In other words, I will say the concern over here is that if Shimon knows that Ruvain is going to be claiming parcel A. He's going to be reticent to what? Sell him parcel B. So Shimon, want, right? Reuven wants to buy parcel B. If I lodge my complaint now, then Lamais, I'm not going to get parcel B. And certainly, again, leaving aside parcel A. So the Gemara says, my is So what, what could Reuven have done? So maybe he could have also said, maybe what Reuven could have done is what? Before he purchases parcel B from Shimon, pull aside the witness to say, witnesses, listen, I just want to tell you guys, I'm, part, I'm, I'm purchasing parcel B from Shimon. In a transaction, Shimon is saying that parcel B, right, borders on Shimon's other parcel, parcel A. Guys, I just want to tell you, Ruben saying this, the witness is kind of like a sidebar. So I'll tell you guys, parcel A is really mine also. It's really mine also. It was stolen from me. I'm not saying anything now because we're on a lockdown this transaction. Maybe that's what he should say. Make, 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 make a modah, machal, right? Let him go. Sigmar says, yeah, that'll work really well. Chavra, chavra islay. The chavra, the chavra, chavra islay. Well, this is a great line. Your friend has a friend and the friend of your friend has a friend, which I will say is another way of saying, don't rely on anyone's confidentiality. Right? So, so the mice, again, if, if, if Ruvain says something, so to speak, in confidence to the witnesses, to the witnesses, they're going to say something. And what's going to happen? It's going to, call, it's going to, it's going to cause the whole transaction about parcel B to fall into jeopardy. Good. So Gemara says as follows. So, So we'll say, so now listen to this. In this case, so, we'll say, that, 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 so the case over here is, so let's go back. So we'll say, so this is just a unique case over here. So, so remember, let's go back. The Mishnah said, the Mishnah said that in a case where Ruvain is now a, a signs on a star, right, is a witness to a document where Shimon is selling parcel B to another party, but in parcel B, he's using parcel A, the contested parcel, as one of the borders. And Reuven signs on that document, Reuven gives up his right to further, to any more claim parcel A. 
That's only true. That now Abai gives a qualification. That's true if Shimon was selling it to another party. But if Shimon was selling it to Ruvain, Ruvain himself, so and Ruvain doesn't object to the use of parcel A as a border, that's because Ruvain doesn't want to call into jeopardy the whole transaction. Fine. So we'll say, now go back to the original case. So we'll say, let's go back to the Mishnah's original case. Right? So the Mishnah's original case. So Ruvain is an aide on the Shtar where Shimon is selling parcel B using parcel A as a border. So what happens? So we'll say, after the transaction happens, now what happens? Now what happens? So Ruvain claims, by the way, Parcel A is mine. Parcel A is mine. But what happened? Shachit. Then he died. Ruvain died. Right? So Ruvain died. Mysterious causes. Right? <laughs> right? Ruvain died. Ruvain died after raising the objection to the ownership of Parcel A. Okay. You know, what happens? Va'okim apotrop. Suppose they say now again. So after Ruvain passed away, right? Either Ruvain made provisions for this beforehand or the basin appointed an apotropus. Now there's an executor of Ruvain's estate. Okay. So So the Apotropus came before Abaye. Amrale, Asa So now what happens? The Apotropus, the Apotropus is coming. And why is he coming? The Apotropus is saying, listen, before Ruvain died, Ruvain claimed that field A belonged to him. So the Apotropus says, I am coming to follow up on that claim. I'm coming to follow up on that claim. Okay, so Abai says, listen, Abai says, there's no claim. It's an explicit Mishnah. We already learned this case. We learned this case. Ruvain signed onto this document where Shimon used field A as a border identification for field B. And the Mishnah says, once you do that, you go ahead and you relinquish all of your rights. Nothing more to talk about. To which the Apotropa says, you're right. But Amar I hava avosan diasmikayim hava taim Amar. Very interesting. So, say, so the Apotropa says, you know, if Ruven was still alive, what Ruven would say was, yes, I agreed, I, I signed on a document where Ruven used field A as a border to field B, but really the only thing I was agreeing to was that perhaps Shimon owns a narrow strip of field A. A narrow strip of field A. That's what, that's what maybe that's what he owned, that's what he owned. So the Gemara says, Amalei, Shabir Kamrat. So the truth is, that's a good taina. It's actually very interesting. Very interesting. That the, the claim over here, the claim over here is that halacha lamaisa, right? That if, if I go ahead, right? Rabbi Yochanan says, let's say I say, I, I sold you a field, right? I, the field is mine. And the only thing I sold you in that field was a narrow strip. Such a claim could actually be believed. So Zil, so the Gemara is supposed to see what's, see what's happening over here. So in other words, Ruvain signed on this document that where, where Shimon was selling the field to another party. Shimon was selling field B, but field B was sold with a border identification of field A. Ruvain signed on it. After Ruvain signed on it, the transaction happened. Ruvain said, by the way, field A is mine. It was stolen from me by Levi. After that, Ruvain dies. Apotropis comes along and says, tries to sell up the affairs of the state. They come to Abaye. And Apotropis, listen, Ruvain claimed the stolen field was his. Abaye says, that's fine. The field day was his. Abaye says, that's fine, but it's a Mishnah. Right? Ruvain signed on that document. When he signed on that document, using field A as a border to field B, he abdicated all rights to the field. To which the Apotropis says, no, no, no. Perhaps if he was here, he would have claimed all, all Shimon really owned in that field was just a narrow strip. 
That's what he was identifying as the border. To which Abaye says, that's a good taina. But ultimately, again, you still should have to go ahead. So, so in other words, now Abaye says the Apotropis, even if that's a good claim, so that's fine, but you still have to leave in Shimon's possession a narrow strip. So Havi Alei, Rivchad Dikle. So I will say, here's the problem. On that narrow strip, on the narrow strip, there was a, there was a line of palm trees, a lot of palm trees, which made that narrow border strip pretty valuable, pretty valuable. So Siddhi Gemara says, So this is great. So the it's good Apotropos, by the way. The Apotropos says, if Reuven was alive, if Reuven was alive, he could claim, while it's true, that I sold that border strip back to, back to Shimon, I then subsequently repurchased it from him. Abai says, the truth is, good gizokt, saying good, turn Rabbi Yochanan, so we'll say, if ultimately, again, Reuben were to claim, I sold it, but then I repurchased it, you, you believe. And I will say, the, the reason that is, the reason that is, is because this is, Rashi says, Pesha Asar, Hua Pesha Hitir. In other words, I will say, the case over here is as follows. Look at Rashi, Naaman. Here's the case, just to get the case in its totality. Naaman, Ta Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitir, Temeachashish, Edim Shaisa Shalom. See, I will say, the case over here is where, remember, Shimon sold the field, sorry, Levi sold the field to Shimon. Ruvain, right? And then again, it gets more complicated. But now what happens? What happens? So now you have, you have Ruvain, you have Ruvain, sorry. Now you have Shimon. Let's just bring it all together. Here we go. Let's bring it all together. You have, right, Levi selling the field to Shimon. Field A. Okay, fine. Now what happens? Shimon sells field B to another party. But in that transaction, he uses field A as a border identification. Ruvain signs on that star, that, that bill of sale that, 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 that Shimon makes to another party, a field B. Afterwards, what happens? What happens? Shimon, so Ruvain says, field A is mine. It was stolen from me by Levi and then sold to you, Shimon. So remember again, street halach and the Mishnah is we don't believe Ruvain. You, you sign on that document, we don't believe you. Now, we'll say, in this case, it's becoming a bit more complicated. In this case, what happens is, Ruvain, Ruvain goes ahead and claims the field was stolen from him. Not only that, Ruvain brings witnesses. He brings Eidos. That's, that's Rash filling in the blank over here. He brings witnesses. He brings witnesses. Now I both say, after he goes in and brings witnesses, what happens? He dies. He died. Okay, now what happens? Apotropis comes to Abaye. Apotropis comes to Abaye. Apotropis says, Apotropis says, listen, I'm here to follow up on Ruvain's claims. Abaye says, there is no claim. It's a Mishnah. Ruvain signed on the document. I, Apotropos says, but he has Eidos. Abayi still says, but one second. Essentially, the Eidos is negated in the face of what? Ruvain's signature. In other words, once Ruvain signs on that document, he effectively signs away his rights. To which the Apotropos says, no, no, no. What you don't understand is, he actually went ahead and, he actually went ahead and sold back, right? He sold to Shimon a strip of land. A strip of land. Abai says, okay. So now, so now what you're telling me is, when Ruvain signed in the document, he wasn't yielding his rights to the rest of the field. What was he acknowledging? What was he acknowledging? That Shimon owns a strip of land of field A that borders on field B, but that in no way is yielding his rights to the rest of field A. That's good. 
But Abai says, okay, that's fine. So now you could pursue your claim on the rest of field day. But what? But what? But you have to go ahead and at least leave in Shimon's possession what? The strip of land. To which Apatropa says, but one second. There's more to the story. Ruvain bought back the strip of land from Shimon. He bought it back. To which Abai says, the truth is, you're saying good. Why? Because I will say, this is a Pesha, also a Pesha hit here. Why? Because the only way we knew about the sale was how? Was through Ruvain, right? In other words, right through Ruvain. We didn't know about the sale. Without the sale, without the sale, all you would have is what? Is Eidos saying that Lamaisa, the field, was stolen from Ruvain. So now Ruvain, so to speak, through his apotropos, is telling us that a sale happened of the strip. Now Ruvain's further qualifying and telling us after the sale occurred, Ruvain bought it back from Shimon. It's a Pesha, also a Pesha hitter case, in which case Ruvain slash the apotropos should be believed. And it turns away that Reuven, it turns out that Reuven should really walk, be able to walk away, assuming he could prove his claim, right? He should really be able to walk away with the field in its entirety, including the strip of palm trees. Incredible. Amr Abaye, so what's the, what's the takeaway from this story? Amr Abaye, Haiman demoke apetropa, nokim ki hamdi yodala fuche bischus diasmi. And what's the entire takeaway is, you got to get an apotropist like this, right? I would say this is, you, you got you, you to gotta surround yourself with good people, right? This apotropist, Abaye says, knew exactly what he was doing. Good. So I will say, so for our purposes, halokalamaisa, how do we pause? And so I will say, this is a complicated case, right? It's a very complicated case. So remember, again, we will say what, what, we, what we have essentially embedded in this case is a couple of different cases, just because I'm just going to tell you quickly that I'm on Paskins. This is in Hilchos Toen Vinitan, Perek Tes Zayin, Halochas Aleph and Beis. We're not going to have time for everything. I'm going to leave out the Talon case. I'm just going to give you the Mishnah. Here it is. Ruven Shemachar the Shimon Sada. Ruven sent the field, Ruven sold the field to Shimon. Vahaya Levi Okay, so Ramam changes the name. So I'm, I'm gonna keep it like we had it, right? So we'll say, so Shimon, Shim, sorry, Levi sold the field to Shimon. And Reuben was one of the Reuben was one of the witnesses on the Shtar. And what happens? Subsequently, subsequently, right? Reuben claims, after the transaction occurs, Reuben claims that what? That Allah Maisa, Levi stole it from me. Ain Shomin Lo. Rambam Paskin is like the Chachamim. No. No, 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 no. Even though you, you, I remember again, you're going to claim, yes, I signed on it because I wanted it to go from Levi to Shimon because I feel a better chance of getting my field back from Shimon than from Levi. The Ramam says, case closed. Case closed. Halacha Lamaisa. Right? Halacha Lamaisa. There's absolutely nothing to talk about once you are party to the transaction. Right? Once you are a witness on that, on that star, you have effectively ceded and yielded any rights that you have to claim that field as your own. However, the Rambam says, if Reuven acted as a dayon for Kiyim Shtarus, he does not yield or cede any future rights. Again, going back to the distinction of the Gemara, that Allah an aid certifies the transaction. A dayon only certifies signature. So we don't pass like Admon in this mission, we pass like the Hamid. There's more, much more. Again, Hilchos Toin Vinitan, Parak Tazain, Halachas, Aleph, and Beis. Take a look at it at your own. A lot more interesting ideas, but that's the Halacha Lamai. So good. Mishnah, quickly. Mishnah, Halacha Medina Sayyam, Ve'ibda Derech, Sadeo. Again, it just gets better. L- listen to this case. And I will say, by the way, you ask yourself, what does this have to do with Ksuvas? So first of all, it's so good, so who cares? Right? That, that's answer number one. Right? That's answer number one. So I will say, so remember again, 
the reason, just so you know in all seriousness, the reason why we're doing this is because remember, the way this parak started off were with the rulings of Admon and Hanan. And remember again, it started off with a discussion about Mizonos. That's which is Ksuvas. Now I will say we're just going through all of their rulings. Watch, this is a great case. Misha, halak Medina says, we'll say, watch this case. Ruven goes overseas. Ruven goes overseas. Now Ruven owns a field. Now we'll say, interestingly enough, the case over here is Ruven's field is landlocked, which means that the only way he was ever able to, to get into his field was how? He had a right of way. He had a right of way with someone. So what happened? So Misha, so we'll say, see now what's the problem? He comes back, he's been away for a while. He can't remember the right of way. Where is my right of way to get into my field? And of course, as one could imagine, none of the neighbors are being forthcoming, right? So no, because obviously no, no one wants to give up that, no one wants to give up their land. So Admon Omer, Yelech Lok Bikzara. Admon says, look, since we have to use logic, figure out what is the shortest way to get into his field, and let's assume that was the previously established right of way. The Chum say no. You have a choice. You have a choice. Either go ahead and pay top dollar for whoever's willing to negotiate with you, or fly, or fly. Right. In other words, right, or, t- right, or fly. Figure, right, figure out a way to fly. Right. So we'll say. So again, this is actually interesting. The Chum say, listen. You know, Ruvain, you went overseas. You lost your information. The burden is on you, so pretty much, again, no one has to do anything for you, so you're gonna have to find, figure out a way to negotiate for top dollar right of passage. So let's analyze. So my time with the Rabbana, Shabbat Shalom. So I don't understand. What's the logic of the Rabbana? It's here both sides. The reason why the Rabbana's position doesn't seem to make sense is, if there's one thing we know, it's that what? It's that what? Ruven had a right of way. He had a right of way. Right, so I'll tell you, it's, but the, these right of way, even today, even today, I know, because with our building, the right of way agreements, are like, you would think this should be the simplest part of a real estate transaction. It's incredible how complicated right-of-way agreements are. It's fascinating. In any event, Sigmar says as follows, I don't understand. Obviously, he has a right-of-way. This was his field. He used the field. He was getting in and out of his field, so there was a right-of-way agreement. So Admon is saying, listen, logically, he's going to be taking the easiest path. So just assume that's the path he had. What's logic of the Rabbi? Watch this. He goes shikifua. So I gave it away a little bit. I'm sorry. Shikifua arba bnei adam I gave it away. In other words, this is a landlocked field. There's four different people. So we'll say, what's the problem? What's the problem? The problem is, if you can imagine, right? Ruben comes back. Everyone says shalom aleichem. They make a kiddish neighborhood kiddish. It's so beautiful. And then he goes to neighbor number one. By the way, was was my right of way through here? No, 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 not here. Right, neighbor two. No, not here either. Three, four. So we'll say, and the problem is each has the ability to deflect it to the other. So this is one of these interesting cases where we know a right-of-way exists, but Ruven can't figure out a way to enforce it against any one particular party. If that's the case, then again, why does Admon say that Ruven could seemingly seize the, the shortest right-of-way? So very quickly, so listen to this. When you have four people who bought their own respective fields from four other people, or for that matter, four people who bought their fields from one person, everyone agrees in that case, each party could deflect to someone else. Keep says, So keep, where does the machlokis come? I was listening to this. 
So watch this. They both say, let's say now all four fields, all four of the, the landlocked fields, we're called the landlocking fields, are all owned by one person, right? So you've got Reuben in the middle, and all four of the surrounding fields are owned by one person, Rabbi say who what? Bought it from four individual owners. So in this case over here, we'll call him Shimon. Shimon now owns the four fields which surround Reuben's field, but Shimon bought it from four independent people. Watch this. So Admon says, listen, Reuben could go up to Shimon and say, Shimon, give me a right of way. You know, you know that I own a right of way. We can figure out what, but you, you owe it. I'm, I'm, I, I own it, so give it to me. So let's listen to this. listen to this. Shimon could say to Reuben like this. If you're going to be quiet, be quiet. If you're going to make problems for me, so let's listen to this. Shimon could say to Reuben, here's the deal. If you want to negotiate, we can negotiate. If you're going to make problems, I'm going to return the land to the previous four owners. It's going to be owned by four independent people. And therefore, what Rebbe say, Ruvain, you'll never be able to get your right of way. Why? Because each of them could deflect you to the other. So if you want to negotiate, we could negotiate. But if you're going to claim Magiali, right, something's owed to me, I'll simply go ahead and return the land and then you'll be stuck forever. Incredible. So the Gemara says, so I'm sorry. How who damalu? I was saying quickly. We'll finish finish off the sugya. Who damalu? How a guy says who damalu? Who dikla libras? So let's listen to this. A guy, Ruben, is about to die. Right before he dies, he says, "I want my daughter to inherit a palm tree." So he's giving a palm tree to his daughter. Azul yasmi plug lenechase. So Ruben dies, and the sons went ahead and divided up the estate, but didn't give the palm tree to the daughter. Right? So Rabbi Yosef wanted to say, again, this is the same thing as the Mishnah. Why? What could happen? The daughter now wants to go ahead and come to collect her palm tree, right? And each son could say what? Each one could say what? No, not from my portion, from his portion, from his portion, from his portion. It's not a good comparison. So we'll listen to this. Here's the difference. So in the case of the right of way, the right of way really only does exist on one field. When it comes to the daughter's right to a palm tree, that is a right that devolves upon all of their inheritance portions. So therefore, my takanayu, takanasai, what should we do? What they should do is give her a palm tree, give her a palm tree, and then redivide the estate minus the palm tree. That's what should happen. Okay, I both say very quickly, I'm sorry, just give me literally one more minute, then we're going to stop. Actually, no, I'll we'll say, we'll stop over here for today. We'll just pick up with this very last piece. I tried. I tried. I think. Okay. Again, great week ahead of us. All right. Have a great day, everyone. I don't know when he says that.